Part One of the Nightingale. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Snow Queen and Other Stories by Hans Christian Andersen. Translated by H. B. Paul. The Nightingale. Part One. In China, you know, the Emperor is a Chinese. All those about him are Chinamen also. The story I am going to tell you happened a great many years ago so it is well to hear it now before it is forgotten the emperor's palace was the most beautiful in the world it was built entirely of porcelain and very costly but so delicate and brittle that whoever touched it was obliged to be careful in the garden could be seen the most singular flowers with pretty silver bells tied to them which tinkled so that everyone who passed could not help noticing the flowers indeed everything in the emperor's garden was remarkable and it extended so far that the gardener himself did not know where it ended those who travelled beyond its limits knew that there was a noble forest with lofty trees sloping down to the deep blue sea and the great ships sailed under the shadow of its branches in one of these trees lived the nightingale who sang so beautifully that even the poor fisherman who had so many other things to do would stop and listen sometimes when they went at night to spread their nets they would hear her sing and say oh is not that beautiful but when they returned to their fishing they forgot the bird until the next night then they would hear it again and exclaim oh how beautiful is the nightingale's song travellers from every country in the world came to the city of the emperor which they admired very much as well as the palace and the gardens but when they heard the nightingale they all declared it to be the best of all and the travellers on their return home related what they had seen and learned men wrote books containing descriptions of the town the palace and the gardens but they did not forget the nightingale which was really the greatest wonder and those who could write poetry composed beautiful verses about the nightingale who lived in the forest near the deep sea the books travelled all over the world and some of them came into the hands of the emperor and he sat in his golden chair and as he read he nodded disapproval every moment for it pleased him to find such a beautiful description of his city his palace and his gardens but when he came to the words the nightingale is the most beautiful of all he exclaimed what is this i know nothing of any nightingale is there such a bird in my empire and even in my garden i have never heard of it something it appears may be learned from books then he called one of his lords-in-waiting who was so high-bred that when any in an inferior rank to himself spoke to him or asked him a question he would answer pooh which means nothing there is a very wonderful bird mentioned here called a nightingale said the emperor they say it is the best thing in my large kingdom why have you not been told of it i have never heard the name replied the cavalier she has not been presented at court it is my pleasure that she shall appear this evening said the emperor the whole world knows what i possess better than i do myself i have never heard of her said the cavalier yet i will endeavour to find her but where was the nightingale to be found the nobleman went up the stairs and down through halls and passages yet none of those whom he met had heard of the bird so he returned to the emperor and said it must be a fable invented by those who had written the book your imperial majesty said he cannot believe everything contained in books sometimes they are only fiction or what is called the black art but the book in which i have read this account said the emperor was sent to me by the great and mighty emperor of japan and therefore it cannot contain a falsehood i will hear the nightingale she must be here this evening she has my highest favour and if she does not come the whole court shall be trampled upon after supper is ended tsing pei cried the lord in waiting 
And again ran up and down the stairs, through all the holes and corridors, and half the court ran with him, for they did not like the idea of being trampled upon. There was a great inquiry about this wonderful nightingale, whom all the world knew, but who was unknown to the court. At last they met with a poor little girl in the kitchen who said, Oh yes, I know the nightingale quite well. Indeed, she can sing. Every evening I have permission to take home to my poor sick mother the scraps from the table. She lives down by the seashore, and as I come back I feel tired, and sit down in the wood to rest, and listen to the nightingale's song. Then the tears come into my eyes, and it is just as if my mother kissed me. Little maiden, said the lord in waiting, I will obtain for you constant employment in the kitchen, and you shall have permission to see the emperor dine, if you will lead us to the nightingale, for she is invited for this evening to the palace. So she went to the wood where the nightingale sang, and half the court followed her. As they went along, a cow began lowing. Oh, said young courtier, now we have found her. What wonderful power for such a small creature. I have certainly heard it before. No, that is only a cow lowing, said the little girl. We are a long way from the place yet. Then some frogs began to croak in the marsh. Beautiful, said the young courtier again. Now I hear it, tinkling like little church bells. No, those are frogs, said the little maiden. But I think we shall hear her soon now, and presently the nightingale began to sing. Hark, hark, there she is, said the girl, and there she sits, she added, pointing to a little grey bird who was perched on a bow. Is it possible, said the lord in waiting, I never imagined it would be a little plain, simple thing like that. She has certainly changed colour at seeing so many grand people around her. Little nightingale, cried the girl, raising her voice, our most gracious emperor wishes you to sing before him. With the greatest pleasure, said the nightingale, and began to sing most delightfully. It sounds like tiny glass bells, said the lord in waiting, and see how her little throat works. It is surprising that we have never heard this before. She will be a great success at court. Shall I sing once more before the emperor? asked the nightingale, who thought he was present. My excellent little nightingale, said the courtier, I have the great pleasure of inviting you to a court festival this evening, where you will gain imperial favor by your charming song. My song sounds best in Greenwood, said the bird, but still she came willingly when she heard the emperor's wish. The palace was elegantly decorated for the occasion. The walls and floors of porcelain glittered in the light of a thousand lamps. Beautiful flowers, round which little bells were tied, stood in the corridors. What with the running to and fro and the draught, these bells tinkled so loudly that no one could speak to be heard. In the centre of the great hall a golden perch had been fixed for the nightingale to sit on. The whole court was present, and the little kitchen-maid had received permission to stand by the door. She was not installed as a real court-cook. All were in full dress, and every eye was turned to the little grey bird when the emperor nodded to her to begin. The nightingale sang so sweetly that the tears came to the emperor's eyes, and then rolled down his cheeks, as her song became still more touching and went to everyone's heart. The emperor was so delighted that he declared the nightingale should have his golden slipper to wear around her neck but she declined the honor with thanks. She had been sufficiently rewarded already. I have seen tears in an emperor's eyes, she said. This is my richest reward. An emperor's tears have wonderful power. They are quite sufficient honor for me. And then she sang again, more enchantingly than ever. That singing is a lovely gift, said the ladies of the court to each other. And then they took water in their mouths to make them utter the gurgling sounds of the nightingale when they spoke to anyone, so that they might fancy themselves nightingales. 
that the footmen and chambermaids also expressed their satisfaction, which is saying a great deal, for they are very difficult to please. In fact, the nightingale's visit was more successful. She was now to remain at court, to have her own cage, with liberty to go out twice a day, and once during the night. Twelve servants were appointed to attend her on these occasions, who each held her by a silken string fastened to her leg. There was certainly not much pleasure in this kind of flying. The whole city spoke of the wonderful bird, and when two people met, one said nighting, and the other said gale, and they understood what was meant, for nothing else was talked of. Eleven peddler's children were named after her, but not one of them could sing a note. End of part one of the nightingale. Read by Ellie in August 2012.